Sometimes no suffering Before you see the face of God Tell me how much more suffering Before you see the face of God Not all my eyes are blind from crying Don't know how many more tears I got God is a devil Until you look him in the eye They say God is a devil Until you look him in the eye But I can barely lift my head up Sometimes I don't even want to try Thank you. Hello again. Welcome back to Perfectly Good Podcast, the only podcast on the internet where we are counting down every John Hyatt song in alphabetical order. I am Jesse Jackson. Joining me as always is Sylvan Groth. Sylvan, how are you doing today? Been looking high and low and feeling pretty good today. How about you, Jesse? I am feeling good today. We are talking an interesting song that <laughs> I'm curious how we're going to end up on ratings on this one. Mm. This could be a fun discussion. By the way, we're starting a new letter today. We wrapped up the E's last week, and now we are on an F. Boy, the letters are just falling dominoes. dominoes. Yes. yes, five down and yes. many more to go, thankfully, because I'm enjoying this journey so much. Oh, absolutely. So you want to tell us a little bit about our song tonight? Sure. Just the facts about Face of God. This is the third song that we've discussed from Terms of My Surrender, which was John's seventh album on New West. It was produced by Doug Lancio and recorded and mixed in Nashville. The musicians on this album include Kenny Blevins, Nathan Gary, Doug Lancio, and Brandon Young, who was also a tour manager and sound engineer. And it just happened today that as I was getting my notes together, a news item popped up that Brandon Young has a brand new project that he is doing with his wife. The project's out or band, I guess you could call it, although it's a duo, I believe, is called Bowen Young. And I really encourage people to figure find that and give them a listen. Their album was also produced by Doug Lancio. So there's many seals of approval and connections. They're currently touring Australia, but hopefully they'll come over to the US again and we'll get a chance to see them live. So a little bit of a sidebar there. But just to round up just the facts, Back in October 2011, John was a little bit more active on social media than he has been in recent years, and he posted that Nathan Gary had a kind of trial by fire because he just showed up at an Ann Arbor gig and played for the first time with the combo and fit right in. And I think he was a lovely addition to the musical sound on this album. And Terms of My Surrender is a great one from start to finish, but... We're not talking about albums. We're talking about songs. So that wraps up just the facts for Face of God for me. 
Very nice. I wanted to mention one of the covers you had for us was someone doing this on a, a ukulele, right? Thank you so much. I did forget all about that. Yes. There weren't a lot of covers, but there was one. And I even reached out and thanked the person for posting it. I do not know what their actual name is, but the posting name was Pubrizer, six-year-old video of someone playing on a ukulele, which I was very jealous of because I can't get two sounds out of my ukulele. (laughs) I've got bad and bad out of my ukulele. I wanted to share, the reason I brought this up is way back in episode number 167 on Set Lusting Bruce, years ago, mm. I had a I had a Jim Bogia, B-O-G-I-A, who does nothing but Springsteen songs. He was doing a show called Bruce Off-Broadway. And he did all of Bruce's songs on a ukulele. Wow. And so the episode actually has, I added him doing a song. And we had a great discussion about what songs work on a ukulele, won't, which ones don't. It was, this was when Bruce was doing Broadway the first time. And so that's why he called it Bruce Off-Broadway. And it is J-I-M-B-O-G-G-I-A. If you want to Google him on YouTube, you'll see him doing some Bruce songs. I don't know if he's ever done a John song on ukulele or not, but that was a fun discussion. I don't normally talk about my SLB episodes, but I thought since the ukulele connection, I'd do that. Wow. And when I tried to attempt ukulele, the instructor promised the class that you can't have a sad song on a ukulele, which I I would challenge in the broader sense, but it is interesting that it did give this song, which could be interpreted as blues or a little melancholy, a a different tune. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked that. I, I liked his version of it. I'm a big fan the why am I drawing a blank on Amanda Palmer Amanda effing Palmer um does a ukulele and she has this song about play your ukulele and so she's I I think it's a really fun instrument and when people when I was at a book signing she had this book that was really wonderful about her lives and she was in Austin um people brought ukuleles for her to sign which I thought was really cool All right. All right. We are going to come back. We are going to talk about the lyrics in this one. We're going to talk about the musical themes. And I hope you come back. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. 
with Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. All right. You came back. Thank you. We appreciate it. So, Sylvan, I'm going to let you start. Give me your thoughts on the song. I have to confess my limitations, my prejudices, let's call them, that anytime the G word comes up, it makes me as a former Unitarian Universalist and also recovering Catholic get a little nervous. And there's definitely some religious themes obviously how can we deny that and john himself was a former altar boy and talks a lot about catholic imagery less so as his years went on i think they were very prevalent in some of his early albums and his demos before he was officially signed so it's interesting that came out here all the way in 2011 but Yeah, it's also, I think, a very stripped down, very Americana, very blues song that you could almost imagine someone from the 1930s singing. And that definitely plays with those simple string instruments that we were just talking about. But I I think we can just dive into lyrics unless you had something else you wanted to say. I always think it's interesting because I never thought about that. God Only Knows from the Beach Boys was one of the first songs that had God in the title, which mm-hmm. makes me like, I, really? I, that seems so odd. Yeah, I think we can go straight to the lyrics and I will go first. I think it's my turn to go first. Okay. So tell me how much more suffering before you see the face of God. Tell me how much more suffering before you see the face of God. Now, my eyes are blind from crying. Don't know how many more tears I've got. Mm. 
I am not a fan of when Bruce Springsteen does the high kind of fake falsetta. I am not necessarily a fan of when John is doing the deep grunting blues song. Interesting. I, I don't like that vocal styling. So immediately I'm, I am turned off by the song. Hmm. I hear his voice singing that. I'm like, oh, I don't like this one. <laughs> Skip. No, don't, don't want that. Yeah, uh, to me, it sounds a lot more natural than the very few times that John does a falsetto. I can't wait. Yeah, This doesn't seem like John stretching his range to an outer limit. It just seems settling into something a little bit warm and comfortable for me. But I... Of course, always respect your difference of opinion there. And it would be hard for me to imagine this song, especially the pacing of the song that we've got on this recording, and for that matter, the covers that we've seen, in something in a higher range. I think it fits the tone and the tempo. I agree. And as I'm listening to this song, Mm -hmm. as we talk about, we do it on repeat, and the more I liked the song. Okay. This is a song that the lyrics had to overcome the music to me. Interesting. Okay. I really liked this, the wrong word. I, I it spoke was, to you. Yeah. The lyrics spoke to me. And I've, this is going to sound almost sacrilegious, but <laughs> it reminds me a little bit of Blowing in the Wind. The idea of how many men, how many mm-hmm. more times, how many seas. The, when the question is, it's limitless. And mm-hmm. so the whole idea, and I'm going to get on a soapbox, is I wish I had Rob Carmack on the podcast. Rob, for the you probably I don't know if I, I've mentioned Rob before. He was one of the co-hosts of the Bruce Springsteen sings the alphabet that gave us was our inspiration to do this. And his day gig is he is a pastor. He is a a Christian pastor, and he says that there is a whole religious theme, or sect is the wrong word, but a belief that. You all your suffering here on earth are just payment so that you will then have you'll have a payoff. It's your 401k. All the suffering you do on earth is your 401k. So therefore, when you're in heaven, the next life, you will have life abundantly. Um, he hates that theory. He oh, said, thank goodness. Yes. He said. <laughs> That was what often the, and like I said, I'm on a soapbox, the, the, in the deep South during the slave era, that mm. would be the philosophy. The slave owners would preach to the slaves yeah. that the suffering in this life, you will, that's okay. And they will right. embrace that, that will, I will be paid off. When you think how much more suffering before you see the face of God, how mm-hmm. much longer do I have to put these trials and tribbles before I'm going to get grace? Yeah. Uh, and I, I think that kind of, I, I can't describe it as anything 
but abusive philosophy yeah it is in john's mind when he's putting these words together and i do think that it is not with a full acceptance of that concept that the more we suffer the greater our rewards will be and he talks about that when it comes to songwriting that for a long time he thought oh you have to be miserable to play the blues oh you have to suffer to write a good song and then at some point he just laughed at it and that's complete craziness and then we can talk about what is the face of God? And this could get really interesting. And as I have confessed, I spent six years in the pulpit. I never claimed to figure out what God is because thankfully the faith that I uh, chose didn't require me to figure that out. It, It is interesting as long as we're going down this route that there's a lot about facing God and the idea of are you meant to be able to see the face of God or is it something that would actually end your life? And there's Old Testament, New Testament, and I'm not a trained minister or theologian, so I won't go much more to it than that. But just in this first verse, it seems like John is either trying to find solace to or throwing off those ideas because he's asking haven't I suffered enough to get to the point that I get that salvation, that I see the face of God either in a way that means I'm asking him to answer for the suffering that I went through or that I am being welcomed by my maker into a pleasant afterlife. And then he's also saying that he's asking to see something, but he's also confessing that he's blind from his suffering. And that right there is one of the contradictions that I just love John building into a song. Like, how could he see if he's already confessed that he's blind? Yeah. One of the things you're talking about is John feeling like I have to be sad or I have to be tragic to be able to write. Reminds me of one of my favorite stories when Dustin Hoffman was starring across from Lawrence Olivier in Marathon Man. Mm -hmm. He, Dustin, was a method actor. So Mm -hmm. he had not slept. He had not ate. And supposedly, Sir Lawrence Olivier said, have you tried acting? Yes. That's a great story. (laughs) And I also do not believe in method acting. So yes. yes. (laughs) Although Uh, it's a little bit, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's it. I just thought- Different podcast. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I- my ears, my eyes are blind from crying. I don't know how many more tears I've got left, right? You've wrung me out. You have mm-hmm. put me through my, you've put me through my, jumped through ho- loops, hoops, and I've done all this. I've gone suffering. I don't know if I have any left. My tank is empty. And then we get into, they say God is a devil so until you look him in the eye. They say God is a devil until you look him in the eye. I can't barely, I can barely lift my head up. And sometimes I don't even want to try. This is so powerful, Sylvan. The idea that um, is the way that it, and this can get tough, right? If, why, why 
does, if there is a supreme being, allow this suffering? Theologians would say, because man has free will. Mm-hmm. And But the idea they say is that God is a devil until you look him in the eye, right? That unless you embrace him, worship him or them, support them, he's going to be a devil. I, I just... I am so beaten down, the singer in this song, right? I, I can barely lift my head up to even ask for grace, to ask for this. And I'm so discouraged, I don't even want to try. Is such a strong lyric, right? This Especially is... following exactly what you were saying, that to say, they say God is a devil until you look him in the eye, is to say that Things can seem horrible. They can seem like you're in hell until you turn your will over, until right. you find the meaning in that suffering or however you want to phrase that. And John is saying here that he doesn't have the strength to make that effort to look him in the eye because he can't barely lift his head up. And he, sometimes he doesn't even want to try. And that can be very powerful too. When you were talking about free will, we have the choice to say, I am not going to accept the God that asked me to suffer, that you can talk about the book of Job and who was acting as a benign being or a loving God in that that just made a deal with the devil to prove that there was one good person and then caused all that suffering. Anyway, we're really getting into it. (laughs) Yeah. So I will put a disclaimer. We get deep. So two things. One, every time I I don't even want to try, I think of riding with the king and I don't even try. I don't even try. Yeah. That's immediately on my mind. The other thought is off on a side note. I don't know if anyone has watched Good Omens. That was not. Okay. So Good Omens was written by Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett. And the idea is that, and there's a second season on Amazon Prime. And so they show the archangel Gabriel talking Mm -hmm. to this the michael sheen plays an angel and Mm -hmm. we're going to we're going to test job but then we're gonna if he passes the test we're gonna give him everything back if he had 80 sheep he's now gonna have 160 sheep and so the michael sheen character goes but you're gonna kill his children yeah but that's okay we're gonna give him if he has four kids we're gonna give him eight kids yeah, but th- they will be dead. Yes, but yeah. that's okay. We're going to give them new kids. <laughs> and and it's, it's, there is a happy story, by the way, that they trick the angels into thinking that the children they hid were new children. And uh, so it's really funny. Yeah. Job and his wife, Amelia, oh, look. It's brand new children. And the angels go, yes, yes. <laughs> see, aren't you happy? Anyway, I... Exactly right. Is this this something right? Like, I I if I'm so beaten down, if I'm so discouraged, 
how am I going to find to have this? Uh, you want to take us to the next verse? Sure. I've been looking for love, baby, looking high and low. Can anybody tell me where did our love go? So interesting that this kind of feels like a change of subject in the midst of this talking about what feels like a solitary journey through suffering and finding meaning and trying to write oneself with one's God. And then all of a sudden he's saying, Hey baby, where did our love go? And wait a second, is he this down? And is he questioning his spirituality just because of a bad breakup or what's happening here? Yeah. So is this a metaphor? He really doesn't want to shoot the dog. Mm -hmm. um, he really <laughs> doesn't want to drive the car through the basement. Is this, is he overly dramatic? Mm -hmm. How much more suffering before I get true love? How much more do I have to suffer? Because the face of God is you, baby, telling mm -hmm. me you love me. You going out to date me, right? You being my companion. Has he been overly dramatic pushing that agenda? Like, oh, I'd walk 5,000 miles. And <laughs> I don't know. But it does seem like it. it is almost, I remember once I had gotten a audio drama and I had loaded it to my phone to play it and it accidentally hit shuffle uh -oh. and I didn't realize it. And I was like, this story makes no damn sense. Like, where is this going? <laughs> right, what right. Are you doing? So you almost feel like, wait, did I fall asleep? Is John on another <laughs> song now? Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, or in the grand scheme of blue songs, yeah, he's talking about one thing, but meaning another. And he's searching for that meaning, that peace that one finds in religion. But just I'll continue on that. Sure. How much more suffering before you see the eyes of God? Because I'm busted and down to nothing. It's a long, dark road I'm on. It, again, seems a little bit deeper than just where did our love go? We all have our hearts broken and it hurts and we feel awful, but we typically don't lose our sense of self and feeling like we're on a dark road to nowhere. We're just, Hey, I thought there was going to be a companion on this road with me and now there's not and boo, but yeah, not busted down to nothing. Yeah. And the other thing it could be that our narrator is talking about multiple things that are, that is concerning them and that they're mm -hmm. having issues with it. It also, the, once again, take a drink, Jason Isbell's latest album, he has a song called Cast Iron Skillet. Don't wash the cast iron skillet. And the two verses don't seem to connect and because they're two different stories. He says, I'm telling two different stories. I'm telling about, there was a young man that I played little league ball with that later was arrested for murdering someone. 
And that was the first verse. The second verse is a friend of mine started dating someone who was of a different race and their family abandoned her. And so the two verses do not connect because he's telling two different stories. So this could be that, or this is all wrapped in together. When he says, I'm not looking for love, baby, looking how I'm looking, it, is this grace? I'm not looking for grace. Any tell me where all the grace is gone? I, it could be. And I'm a sucker for long down road I'm on, right? The idea, mm-hmm. we are all journey. We are all travelers on this life. And the idea, it's a long road and that you're wanting someone to go with you. But yeah, I really like this. I know I want something, Right before we could see once again i'm looking for some kind of and the there feels to me an anger of perhaps how unfair life can be at times and as i heard this song over and over again my appreciation usually i am a pretty that's a blank. I know this is a blank. I'm just really, I really like this song or I don't care for the song. And no matter how many times I listen to it, I may find, okay, now I know what I want to talk about when I visit with Sylvan. But this is rare where each listening, I went, oh, that's clever. Oh, mm. this made me think. Yes. I didn't have quite that experience, but I do know what you're talking about. And uh, there are a lot of clever things in here that it's very simple. And it is more than a lot of John's songs can fade into the background. You have to be really tuned in to get some of what he's saying. Yeah. Yeah. How does them show up yesterday? Like a rain come down from the cloud? I just didn't show up yesterday like a rain come down from the crowd. I was one... I was own blood from the enemy long before my neighbors got proud. Mm. And then I'm going to go on. They, they ride a big fancy cars. They like to cut the grass. They sow. they ride a big fancy cars. They like the cars. They sow. you reap what you sow is very much Mm -hmm. a thought. And the idea of he's now going, I think a little bit from my perspective of the hypocrites. The people Mm -hmm. that are not showing grace to other people in this journey that Mm -hmm. this, and now I'm going to attack another prosperity gospel Mm -hmm. that you say, if you just love God, he's going to be rich. Yeah. (laughs) He wants you to be rich. Uh And and if you tie so much and show your faith, this is going to be doubled and tripled and quadrupled. And I just, it is just so powerful, this quiet rant. Mm -hmm. This is not angry, John, like we talked a few weeks ago, where when we did the uh, songs from the early, right? This is almost a, a quiet, begrudging, John, this, I, yeah, it's, Holding judgment and waiting for their confession, so to speak. But 
Yeah. And not in a holier than thou point of view, because he is talking about his own suffering and wondering where his piece is. But yeah, yeah, just. I. We all have those moments of wanting to point at someone else and saying, pointing out their hypocrisy. And we all have our own hypocrisies. Yeah. I'm not quite sure where it fits in there, but it does fit. Mm-hmm. And I was also struck by the line, I was drawing blood from the enemy long before my neighbors got proud. I am not a trained theologian. I'm not quite sure what drawing blood from the enemy means. Usually the enemy I think of in terms of C.S. Lewis, the screw tape letters, where they refer to the enemy. For those who aren't familiar, it's a kind of tongue in cheek from a very Christian writer where the devil and his associates are discussing how to corrupt a man, how to steal a soul. And they are always referring to God as the enemy. So in this case, drawing blood from the enemy long before my neighbors got proud. I don't know if that's a little nod to that. And by blood, of course, you think of communion. This is my blood. Drink from me and you shall be one with me. So I don't know. Any, am I missing anything there? No, I I think you're very much thought of this. And I, I like that. Um. I like your thought about that, right? Is this discussion, is he feeling that way? Yeah. A lot of depth in this one. Yeah. You want to finish this up? Sure. They're doing cartwheels on their front lawn. I'm still coming through the kitchen door. Tell me how much more suffering before you see the eyes of God. Tell me how much more suffering before you see the eyes of God. Now I've done my share, baby. Why don't you show me what you've got? I I love that opening up with a question and then closing up the song tightly with those chords. So we have going through the kitchen, Mm -hmm. which can be two things. It can be, that can be a sign of friendship and love. You, Mm -hmm. you, our buddies come in through not the formal front door, but they come in through the garage or the back door through the kitchen, right? Family members. But it could also mean you aren't good enough to come in through the main door. Go to the back door. Go through the kitchen. The Yeah. yeah, yeah deliveries go to the back of the room. Uh-huh. The servants, you, the servant's interest is through the kitchen. Right. And there, I'm still having to come in as a second-class citizen Mm -hmm. because I'm not given this respect and love that I should get. That makes perfect sense. I I hadn't quite put that uh, together there. But yeah, I think he is basically pointing the finger at saying, these people think they're better than me. They're showing me the back door or whatever. Yeah. And when am it going to be my place? But also just, it's not saying that they actually have any more worth than him. I'm definitely not getting that. 
And I was also remember this could be way too much of a tangent. Apologies, everybody. It is the holiday season. So maybe we're all a little overtired and whatnot. The kitchen always reminds me of the Robert Johnson song, Come On In My Kitchen, which is with all the respect to John Hyatt, a masterpiece and one of my all-time favorite songs. And then you get into the idea of the legend of Robert Johnson selling his soul to the devil. I'm wondering if that was an intentional nod, but maybe I'm just reading way too much into it. Oh, no, it could be. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else we need to talk about this? I do love the ending of just take my blank, take my shit, baby. Tell me (laughs) what you got, right? Okay, here's what I've done. Okay, do you have it any better? Just really fun. All right. Yeah. No, it's a great blue song. I do wish that there had been some more covers. Yeah. It's a song that I can't imagine being interpreted too far off the mark of what John laid out for us. And I wonder how long he had been holding on to it. As we know, sometimes he plays songs live and then they don't show up in an album for 10 or 20 years. This one, for some reason strikes me as he he wrote it very close and again it was 2011 we there's a tragedy every day goodness knows how many covid albums we're going to get from people talking about the isolation and the sickness and sadness that we went through i don't know if there was any particular thing that john was watching on the news and made him think about how much more suffering do we have to see yeah but it's definitely a song that i can't imagine a child playing or it needs a certain voice it needs a certain roughness so what i would have loved to seen is someone of someone doing this as a dramatic reading, mm. as a poem, not a song, but reading this with a dramatic reading. That would I, be interesting. I think that would have been really interesting to hear because I think it's such a powerful lyric and poem. And to hear someone who and I'll be like a Shakespearean actor, someone yeah. who is really their voice is an instrument. And to do this, I think would be very interesting. I would so love you. Someone... I don't want to put words in your mouth. Yeah. But are you saying that in some ways the musical accompaniment, instead of enhancing this message, somehow waters it down or distracts? It did to me. Okay. It did to me. Yes. And so, yeah, because this would have been I and I won't go your ratings yet, but yes, I would have I it was only after exploring the lyrics mm-hmm. that I went, wow, this is really powerful. Yeah. So, yeah. And I was thinking it would be very interesting hearing it as a duet. Or yes, more of a choral kind of situation like yeah. gospel chorus. Could yeah. you imagine singing this flash mob? Yeah. Face of God. Go. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Cool. All right. I, all that's right. all I have. 
Okay. Reverse this time. <laughs> As uh, we are reminded by our good friends, Jamie and others, that when Sylvan reminds us of the scale, it is going low. And a one-star song is something that we'd occasionally skip. Have I ever skipped this song? Yes. Would I give it a one-star? No. So perhaps I have to revisit my own way of rating. But for me, <clears throat> this is a solid three. It isn't one that sticks with me and it's not one that I'm going to turn to when I'm feeling low because I think it doesn't really do much to lift you out of that or even point out the foolishness of feeling low, but it's a good companion. And there are definitely some beautiful, clever lyrics in there. And I personally really love the instrumentation and the melody in this song. Face of God is three for Sylvan. All right. So before I would, before, when I first heard this was going to be a one, maybe a two at the very best. Highest. Yeah. But I am going to go with you a three. Okay. I think that the lyrics bring this up. And I also want to give points for a mature theme. Yeah. I feel like that John is writing something that is, has a lot of depth to it and right. some meat on the bones. And sometimes mm -hmm. you can have, we've talked often, I'm quoting you now, John likes to write songs about staying in love, mm -hmm. not necessarily falling in love. And right. I think this is a wonderful, a, an exploration of what it is to question your faith and be mm -hmm. that in a deity, be that into a relationship, be that into a, a business arrangement, right? That mm -hmm. this is your government, however mm -hmm. you want to. I really do think that it, this is one that I would, if we had not done this, I would not have done a deep dive on it. And this is, I would give this a five star as far as making me think, mm -hmm. because this was really, I love discussing this with you and I'm glad that we got a little deep, but yeah, it's a three for Jesse as well. Okay. I was not expecting that, but I'm glad that. We weren't as far apart as we sometimes are. Yeah. And as a reminder to people, this is not the only song in the John Hyatt catalog where he gets into some interesting God metaphors and so forth. I was reminded of Whistles in My Ears, which goes all the way back to the beginning. And he was definitely unpacking some of his Catholic stuff in his early albums. So you'll keep on hearing this all the way through 2028 if you stick with us, which we hope you will. Absolutely. All right. I am at Jesse Jackson DFW on X, aka Twitter. And mm -hmm. hold on. I think somebody is needing me at the door. Hold on. I'll be oh, right okay.
they Ubered home and Linda uh, didn't have a key to the front door. So that's what oops. she was knocking. Yes. All right. All right. You can find you on X. Yes, I am on X, Jesse Jackson DFW. Please go to our iTunes or wherever you get your podcast, rate and review us. And as always, please tell someone else about the podcast. It would mean the world to us. Sylvan, they can email us if they want, if you want to share the email address and how can they reach you? They can email us absolutely at perfectlygoodpodcast at gmail.com. That's also uh, how you can ask to be on a future podcast. You can find me as Sylvan Groth on Facebook or Sylvan Green Eyes on Twitter. And do please uh, find us, check out the song list, look at what's coming up. You, you, if you're shy and don't want to actually do a full Zoom call with us, that's fine. You can you know, send a little voice memo via the email or uh, Facebook, any of the above. We'd just love to hear from you. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to, just send an email and we'll read the blurb on it. And that's thought. All right. We've got, I'm excited that we're in F. A lot of songs that are coming up that should be a lot of fun. And I did reach out to a friend of mine who is a musician and sent the link to Feels Like Rain and asked if she could join us. So I haven't heard back yet, but I'm crossing my fingers. That would be a lot of fun. That would be great. Yes. And a great song. All right. All right. Thank you as always. Thank you. All that's left is have a little faith. Have a little faith. Bye-bye. Baby, we can come on home Put the cow horns back on the Cadillac And change the message on the coat of It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.